0: Hey, and welcome back to Game Talk. I'm your host, M and Mia, and today I'm joined by Connor. Hey, guys. And Mike. Hello. And the big thing on my mind today is The Last of Us, right? So The Last of Us has started airing on HBO. Episode 2 just aired this past Sunday. And we have talked about video game adaptations in the past, but I do think it is worth revisiting the subject because, my God, they're absolutely knocking it out of the park. Like I've been, I I've discussed this with a few of my friends but like even to non-watchers of this show which by the way there are non sorry non players of this show right people who didn't play the game or watching the show of which there are many right this is reaching a really wide audience it really is apparent that so much love and passion went into crafting every inch of this world like it it just it exudes that from every frame every shot every line of dialogue and I think a big reason as to why it's seeing success right obviously it's a very good show it's a good story great casting but above all it respects the source material which is not something that happens quite often with video game adaptations at least I feel that way
1: yeah I I agree I think the the closest ever is the Witcher, which isn't even really a video game adaptation, it's more of a book adaptation. And also, it stopped respecting the source material halfway through and <laughs> is much worse for it.
0: And that is actually the exact reason why Henry Cavill left. Did you know that? Yeah,
1: well, yeah. He, he kind of got yes. forced out because he tried to get it back on track, didn't he?
0: Yeah, I mean, and there was literally something in his like contract where it was just like, hey, if this stops following the source material, because Henry Cavill is a huge fan of The Witcher, like the books and the games. It was like, if this stops following the source material, I do not want to be Geralt anymore. And so then they had a creative falling out because the show wanted to do their own thing and veer off in another direction. So Henry Cavill quit. And at the same time, James Gunn took over the DC and he didn't get to be Superman either. So he kind of just got shafted. He'll be fine. He's He's Henry Cavill, he'll be be fine, yeah.
1: They'll need a a strong guy, uh, they'll need a strong jawline somewhere in Hollywood.
0: (laughs) Right, exactly. But you know, like, I I do dislike the argument, and I have seen this a few times already, that this is the first great video game adaptation. It absolutely is not, right? But what this is, I believe, is the first great direct adaptation of a video game story. And what I mean by that, Is, you know, like obviously we've talked about things like Arcane and Sonic the Hedgehog, like these, these, uh, Detective Pikachu, these highly successful movies based on the games, based on, you know, characters that exist in the games, based off of lore in the games. But, you know, Arcane is not adapting League of Legends story, right? Right. Sonic the Hedgehog is not adapting Sonic Adventure. I also think Arcane right? is not really yet, the right? only
1: one good enough to be in the same arena as...
0: Uh, I-, I agree. Yeah. Arcane... I think Arcane and The Last of Us are now in rarefied air. Yeah. But, like, the difference between Arcane and The Last of Us is that The Last of Us is almost slavishly an adaptation of the game's story, to the point where entire lines of dialogue are lifted straight from the game. And uttered by these actors and let me tell you as someone who has loved this story for over 10 years now it is so surreal seeing actors like Pedro Pascal like uh, speak lines that I've heard for you know the better part of a decade now it, it it is surreal and I could not be happier as a fan of the games and as a fan of good TV like and I think you said it better, Connor. As someone who's more lukewarm on the game, but seemingly really likes the show, like this was made to be a t- television. Yeah, trailer. no, so like that kind of goes into the point I-, I wanted
1: to make in this episode. Personally, is um my problem with The Last of Us has always kind of been that I thought it would be better as a series or a show. Like some of the gaminess that's not in the show the story's stronger for it and stuff. Like, you know, the show doesn't have to have a combat encounter every couple minutes so the player doesn't get bored. There's no silly puzzles that Joel is solving on screen and stuff. I think all of that kind of weakened the story in the game. And I also just, like, there's a certain thing that Naughty Dog was trying to do with The Last of Us, or at least it felt like to me. This is a personal taste thing. But I don't like when media acts like a live action movie or tv series is like the pinnacle you can strive to be but the last of us always kind of felt like it was that to me like it desperately wanted to be more than a video game when what i want is something that is so happy to be a video game and that's like that's why i like i really like the last of us i think lukewarm is even a little unfair i just don't Put it in the greatest games of all time because it, it doesn't feel like it wants to be a video game to me. And that is why I'm loving this series so much. I guess I guess almost ironically is that like this felt like a series that wanted so badly to be in this format. And now it is. And it's just amazing for it.
0: So I, I do kind of I, I can kind of see where you're coming from in respect to the first game. But I, I didn't play the second back. Game, so. Right. You haven't played the second game. I keep, I keep telling you how good the gameplay is in that game. Well, it's not right? on like, PC yet, so... I'm... It, it will be. It, <laughs> yeah, it will be. Let's, okay, so that, that, that leads us to another point, right? So The Last of Us, when it premiered on HBO, it was their biggest premiere in like a decade or so, other than House of Dragon, of course, because obviously Game of Thrones has taken over the world. I think episode one has already been viewed by over like 10, 15 million people in the U.S. alone. I was going to say it was over 18 million worldwide, I think. 18 million worldwide. Okay. And episode, the viewership increase between episode one and episode two is the highest increase in HBO history. Wow. So this show is massive, like massive to the extent that like people at work are going to be talking about this like they talked about Game of Thrones. No, it's definitely
1: it's affecting me emotionally in a way that the game didn't at least. Although part of that I do wonder, and I think you and I talked about this, is that I I was like a teenager when I played The Last of Us the first time. Yeah,
0: I was. Uh, let me think. How I was maybe eighteen. Well, what year was it? Was it twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen? It was twenty thirteen.
1: Twenty thirteen. Yes. So I would have been like
0: sixteen, I think. Yeah, and I do. I- maybe it is a bit cheap to say this but like i really do think that you know as an older person you can appreciate the story more and i i believe that'll you know like if we ever decide to have kids then i believe this story will probably hit in an entirely different way because i can like empathize with like being a father or whatever but i don't understand what that's like you know like i know it probably is very emotional but like you know I'm also just I can't like feel it, that yet. I'm looking for a different
1: thing in a story now than I was when I was 16. Like, right. Yeah. The, the, the heart wrenching moments I like when I was 16, it was important to me to not feel anything when I saw stuff like that, you know, like you're kind of edgy yeah, and stuff. You, and now like as an you, adult, you, you
0: want to cry, you yeah, want something to make you, I want to feel, feel it. Something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, like, 16-year-old me thought God of War 3 was, the like, the most epic story of all time. No, I right? was convinced, like, and
1: Battlefield 3 was one of the best games ever made, and, like, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, like, God of War 3 was just, like, a giant murder spree. Yeah. That's all God of War 3 was. And you contrast that with what God of War is today, you know? It's, like, almost... It it, it almost is, like, perfect perfect in the sense that, like, that game came out, 3 came out at the exact right time in my life, and then reboot and ragnarok came out when i was mature enough to appreciate that kind of story but you know the last of us you know like it—it it is weird in a sense for me because i i literally like there are show original scenes right and w- which we'll get to that in a minute but like it to me it's like watching it's like i've already watched it almost to an extent Right. And it's like I'm almost waiting for the moment to come where it's just like, okay, that wasn't as good as the game. And obviously there are people online complaining about certain scenes being superior in the game. But as far as I'm concerned, like everything has been elevated so far, like Joel, Ellie, their banter, just the world itself. Like, obviously, graphically, it was beautiful on PS3 at the time. It's graphically beautiful on PS5 in the remake, but it looks like they literally just. I don't know how they yeah, did their set design. It's insane it's so how real gorgeous. it looks. Yeah. It actually just looks like they're walking through an actual ruined city. Yeah. It's you know, like every single shot. And it's like that that hotel's half submerged in water It's like, what did it take to build a set like that? Like I I don't know. Like it's just the the design, the production is crazy on this
1: thing. It's extremely immersive. Yeah. I uh I, the thing that's been surprising me as I watch it. Is how, like, for a game that I have kind of, in a contrarian way, ragged on a good bit, even though I like it. But, uh, I remember the story of The Last of Us shockingly well. Like, I saw the yeah, episode it's a title. a memorable
0: story. Yeah, yeah,
1: I saw the episode title, and I immediately knew every plot beat that was going to happen in this episode.
0: Yeah, no, I was kind of getting that to that point or, earlier, and I got sidetracked, right? But, like, yeah, for episode one, I knew exactly what was going to happen. And even, like, really pretty well guessed where it would end. Same with episode two. I was just like, you know, okay, we're going to start talking about spoilers now. So if you haven't played the game and you're interested in the show, I would suggest stopping here and uh, going to watch the show. But like I was like, episode two is going to end with Tessa's death. Of course. Right. Like where else would they end it? And that's exactly where it ended. Right. Yeah. So like I already have like even even in terms of like the episode to episode like the story beats I already anticipate pretty well. Now I do I do, do wonder
1: some things yeah. though about what they're going to do because like they have shown that Joel is a killer and stuff, but like by this point in the game Joel has killed many human
0: beings on screen. So there there have been, you know, a few changes and I think all for the better, right? So like Fedra were the ones who came and killed Tess. Right. You know, where, where episode two ended. They changed that to be a horde of infected And I think it was a more appropriate change, one, story-wise. Like, it didn't really make sense for Fedra to be that far outside of the quarantine zone. And two, it was just more of a highlight. Like, this was the episode to show how dangerous the infected can be. I agree. Especially with, like, the clickers and everything like that. So I think that was a superior change. It
1: just makes me wonder. I agree. I think it was a good change. But it does make me wonder, for the future, are they going to pull their punches with how... I
0: I really don't think so, because I think... The whole zombie apocalypse thing in The Last of Us is just set dressing, right? Yeah. The Last of Us is ultimately about how horrible and dark people can be. But at the end of it, like, there is humanity left. You know, there is something worth fighting for. There is something, there is hope to cling on to. That's what I truly believe The Last of Us is about, right? And to show that dark side of humanity, like, we're obviously, like, I would even go so far as to predict that, like, we saw most of the infected for the season, like in this episode, and we're going to be primarily dealing with humans going forward. That's
1: probably true, because it would be kind of boring to have a bunch, like, the clicker sections were very fun in the game, but like, no, that's not yeah. true. When we get to, is it Bobby? Is that his name? Bill. Bill. When we get to Bill, we're going to get a lot of infected,
0: Bill, I feel like. who is played by Nick Yeah, Auburn, that's going to be so good. Which <laughs> is just the most incredible casting decision i've ever seen
1: oh my god yeah the the preview for next week was immaculate
0: <laughs> yeah I, I i'm very much looking forward to seeing bill and like whole, ellie's whole thing with bill or how they're constantly at each other's throats which by the way like i've noticed like the show is funnier than the game right like obviously both are very bleak but the moments of levity in the show have really got me like ellie's Quip, you know, when when like she asked for a gun and then she was just like, Oh, I guess I'll throw my effing sandwich at them. Then, yeah, I, that I thought that was funny. Like, that
1: wasn't a line in the game. I thought that was a line straight out of that game. I know that's how no, well that it fit. Show yeah. so
0: original, yeah,
1: because I, I do remember Ellie complaining about not having a gun a lot in the game.
0: She did until you know, obviously character development happens and Joel trusts her with a gun, yeah, but yeah, I mean, like, that's what you get when you have Neil Druckmann who was the writer of the original Last of Us game, right? As one of the two co-showrunners, which by the way, like Neil Druckmann's like, he's the man, like l- look at this guy's come up, right? He started as a as a software engineer at Naughty Dog and now he's directing episodes on HBO. Yeah. Like, and not only that, right? Like he's, you know, like obviously created some of the great, great games of all time, like Uncharted 2, The Last of Us, et cetera. Like, so- Kudos to this man. He's had an insane career. I just,
1: I am so upset. Like, seeing the last, like, the Uncharted movie could not have been as good as the last of a show, even under ideal circumstances. But knowing that there was this kind of passion afoot, and they let the tom holland uncharted movie so here, here's is so the thing upsetting.
0: with Un- uncharted right uncharted actually st- filmed like many many years ago right and it was kind of in production hell for a while but uncharted started filming before playstation productions was formed and playstation productions is kind of the team that manages the cross media like translation from game to like you know movie or television show or something i hope the fact that now we have playstation productions uncharted 2 will be a lot more like the game oh it'll be just like the games
1: where the first one's not that good
0: (laughs) right yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. but like that being said you know i don't know how much you could salvage when you've got like tom holland okay tom holland's one thing but mark Wahlberg. i'm sorry like i always got just don't know there will be no tears for a complete reboot (laughs) yeah no please yeah or maybe, yeah, it's it's a little soon. But that's the annoying thing. Uncharted still did really well as a movie. So like, like it or not, yes, it did. It exceeded all their expectations. That's so upsetting. It is upsetting. So Mark Wahlberg is going to be Sully for the foreseeable future. All right, do you think they'll do
1: sequels? Oh, yeah, they will. Successful movies always get sequels.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Uncharted 2 is 100% happening. <sighs> and like, obviously, Tom Holland is like one of the biggest actors in Hollywood now, like and Sony basically owns it. Tom so. Holland's fine. I,
1: I'm i not that upset about Tom Holland being Drake. That's fine.
0: I think Tom Holland could, like, grow into that role. Yeah. Which is weird to say because he's, like, a 25-year-old man, right? But, like, I I do think he's still a little young to be Drake. I mean, Drake's but not 25 in the games, is he? He's, he's in his 30s. He's, like, in his early 30s, yeah. yeah. But, like, bless you know, like, if you had the right, like, 25-year-old, you know, some people seem older than they are. Tom Holland definitely is... Has kind of like a baby face and a baby voice, I mean, like no offense or whatever. I but. would feel
1: like a young Nathan Drake. Like,
0: <laughs> Yeah, a perfect young Nathan Drake, actually. Yeah. So, right. you know, there there's just that level. I, guess, I don't even want to say maturity because it almost sounds insulting. But like that level of like just, I guess, gruffness and yeah, grizzled, slightly yeah. older grizzledness. Yeah. Yeah. That Tom Holland sort of lacks at least right now. But yeah, I digress. But yeah, back back to The Last of Us, right? So I I also wanted to highlight that one was Neil Druckmann, right? Obviously, we've got the man behind the series, the, who wrote the series, and uh, directed the second game, right? And then on the other hand, the other showrunner is Craig Mazin, who created one of the best series I've seen on HBO, Chernobyl. I don't know if you've seen it, Connor, but Chernobyl is a masterpiece, and it details the harrowing events of the nuclear reactor meltdown uh, at chernobyl i have not seen that i've heard very good things yeah yeah i would totally recommend checking it out and what's what's amazing is like when you put these two people together you get what the last of us is and you can see the clear influence of both in this show like for example the opening to the first episode that talk show where they were talking about like okay cordyceps fungi you know like it doesn't affect humans but what if in the future you know that temperature rises for some reason that might they might have to adapt to such a thing you know like that creeping feeling of unease and dread in a conversation right like and another example again like episode two how it started in jakarta right totally show original scene and they consult this fungus expert, and her conclusion is to bomb the city, right? And she requests to be taken to her family so she can spend some last time with them. You know, like that slow rising dread in a scene is what Chernobyl does so well, and both of those scenes, right, had Craig Mason all over it. And, like, totally felt like they were straight ripped out of Chernobyl. So when you take that and mix it with The Last of Us, it's like a perfect fit, right? Like, you take that horror, that dread, and, like, that emotional storytelling and put it all in the blender. And it just it just works. Yeah. I'll also say, like, it
1: is a much better time now for The Last of Us to be out. Uh, when, when The Last of Us, the game, came out in 2014, I... 13 was i not excited for another zombie apocalypse <laughs> to explore at all i uh it had been done to death over the past like five years with like zombie land and the the walking, and dead. walking dead and uh he, world War z I think had come out recently or was about to come
0: out uh yeah zombie media was very hot back in the day, and I would argue that the last of us kind of stands out even among those, but I think you're right in the sense that like a re-release today it, this is the perfect time to release it because for a few factors right one the walking dead finally ended a few weeks ago finally. so whatever you think of that show and i've never actually watched a single episode of that show but what whatever you think about it right like it was a massive zombie show right and it it's finally over so there's definitely kind of like a niche for that a similar kind of post-apocalyptic zombie show that opened up right after that show ended and two right we are coming off of the heels of a global pandemic obviously it's not as severe what happened in the last of us but at least we have a little bit of context now like everyone has a little bit of context as to what like a pandemic even looks like right yeah
1: it also like some of that stuff was just not that believable back in the day because i i don't know i guess a lot of people thought like oh it would never get that bad people would be able to keep it under control and stuff and like no 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 they wouldn't
0: yeah i mean like everyone was exactly that bad everyone in the entire world got infected in like you know a year or so yeah so which is you know harrowing to think about if you apply it to you know the last of us yeah right like and and you know what what's crazy what makes the last of us so creepy and i'm glad they're sort of leaning into this in the show is that you know cordyceps fungi are real right like they actually do control ants like zombies right right like they 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 invade the ant's body they control it they can have it move around, eat whatever they want or, or whatever. And when they're done with it, they kill the ant and then the the spores, the, the fungus actually like grows out of its head and releases its spores for more ants. It's like a horrifying way to die, right? Yeah. And obviously, you know, The Last of Us is science fiction, but it's it's science fiction in that like, it's only a couple steps away from a potential reality, which makes it so scary, right? Like, Cordyceps is a real fungus, right? A real fungus that infects insects. It cannot infect humans, right? Because of the temperature difference, right? It, it, it would die inside of a, a human host at that high temperatures. But what if global warming is a factor and that fungus has to adapt to survive? What if it mutates, right? What if it mutates to withstand temperatures above like 100 degrees? Then what happens, you know? Like your mind kind of races thinking about that sort of thing. And that angle was present in the games as well, right? It, the same fungus, it was cordyceps. But they really leaned into that aspect in that show, kind of making it, you know, more believable that something like this could happen. And I, I think that really amps up the horror elements of it. Yeah, I agree. Mike, you should watch the show. Uh, I, I, I might. I don't really <laughs> want to pay for another subscription service. That is fair. We can. We can... We can. There's a lot of We're good stuff on HBO. Offline. Yeah, there got, there is a lot of good stuff on HBO. Harley Plus, Quinn. you can you got uh, uh, up.
1: a bunch of the DC shows are actually kind of fun. Peacemaker is that his name? Peace, peacekeeper, peacemaker, whatever. The John Cena show.
0: Yeah, I don't know. The only thing is, like, uh, you know, with the merger with Time <sighs> Warner, right? Yeah. The the new head of HBO or the new head of the company, whatever you want to call him, Zaslav he's uh not a big fan of a lot of things right a lot of cancellations <laughs> not a fan of any like animation it seems not like. a fan of animation apparently right so well i would uh yeah yeah that's it's that, that's another no, thing it's, it's i just want to say like my
1: point i was making about video games aspiring to be a live action show i feel that way about other media too be the media you're make like it be the media you are like don't make I hate it when something gets made just so that it can later be adapted into a live action movie there's a a comic writer who's famous for that is it? Mark Millar? I believe is his name, and he makes some miserable, terrible comics because he has no intention of making a good comic. He just wants to make something that'll be adapted into a pretty good movie later.
0: See, that doesn't make any sense to me, right? Like, you have to be good for other people to oh, want no, to adapt that Oh, no, it gets adapted in the thing, right? movies all
1: the time, though. Like, uh, uh that's weird. Kick-Ass was him.
0: Oh, okay. The, the,
1: comi- the Kick-Ass comics are terrible. Um, I yeah, don't...
0: I mean, I, I I, I agree with your argument, but I don't think The Last of Us was- No, the, yeah, The Last show. of Us was
1: not miserable. It was trying to be a live-action movie, though. <laughs> like, Or at least that's what it was emulating very strongly.
0: It was emulating that very strongly, but once again I will make the argument that that game really shines on the hardest difficulty like once you once you played on that difficulty like clickers can hear you reload like every bullet actually counts like you'd probably have to reload your save if you wasted a couple shots you know like it feels like a desperate struggle for survival and I do think that's how the game is meant to be played now obviously you know like not everyone wants to subject themselves to that sort of gameplay but but and i do think the show actually captures the last of us like on the hardest difficulty really well because yeah like the hardest difficulty on the last of us you take a gunshot or two and you're dead right like if you reload your gun with a clicker around you're dead right like you actually have to be completely silent you have to be stealthy you have to be very careful you have to make sure you've Open every single drawer and get all of the resources you can because you really do use all of them on that difficulty. There's no waste.
1: I, I also want to say um oh this, this made me think of this, uh like the clickers like scene in uh the newest episode. It yeah it was which... very refreshing to see intense action in a big budget like production with no stupid one-liners or quips in a show that is capable of one-liners and quips like
0: yeah i mean like i mean they treated that's that goes back to what i said before about treating your source material with respect right like that felt like an intense struggle for survival yeah right like one misstep there and they were all dead right and one of them actually did die yeah. you know so
1: <laughs> there was one misstep, yeah
0: <laughs> yeah so like actually and, two, and, and and i do have to give another shout out to the clickers themselves right oh my god so yeah. they, the the Clickers for those who don't know, are, are infected, who have progressed to a stage where like basically the fungus is growing out of their face and they can't see anymore. So they use these weird clicking sounds as a sort of echo location to hear their prey, right? So when they go into this building, they have to be totally silent, right? which obviously in itself creates a sense of tension and horror. But like when you see one of these things, you know, you see its face, it looks like it was ripped straight out of the game. And in in post-show interviews and stuff, they say all of this was practical, right? Like, there was no CGI involved. All that was, like, makeup and prosthetics, which is just wild to me. Like, it looked so incredibly real, right? Yeah. And not only that, they hired fans of the game who mastered the clicker sounds and movement to play the clickers really? in the last was TV show. Yes. Well, they nailed so, it. It was. Yeah. So, like, they were. Ac- those actors were actually making those clicking sounds and actually moving in that, like, disjointed, very kind of jarring way. Like, I guess, you know, fans of the game, some of them practiced being a clicker and it paid off, <laughs> which is really strange. Yeah. That's good for them. Yeah.
1: What a weird age we
0: live in. <laughs> I know, right? But, you know, so two episodes have aired as of the time of this recording out of nine right and originally you know like hbo seasons are traditionally 10 episodes right but they combined episode the original like episode one and two they cut that together so that's why episode one was like extra long right so in effect episode one was episodes one and two so nine episodes and uh man like Knowing what's coming, right? Like, I'm very excited to see things like, you know, they're meeting with Sam and Henry and their journey through the sewers, you know, because like that ends in tragedy, obviously. And like, um, the cannibals, right? In the in winter, I wonder how that's going to translate. Yeah, because that,
1: that so. part of the game uh, that that's the part of the game I remember feeling the most because, uh, it I think very intentionally it felt really long.
0: Like, yeah, and it is, especially because that was when Ellie was separated from Joel, yeah. and you were just sort of fending for yourself. Yeah, and right? it was very difficult, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I could not be happier with his adaptation. You know, like, any, any fears or worries I had totally melted away a few minutes into the episode, right? Like, the actors are perfectly casted, right? Like, Joel, Ellie, Tess... Tommy, like, oh my god, especially Tommy, right, like, you hear his voice on the phone, and it sounds exactly like the actor from the game, like, to a T, and it's not him, right, like, it's a, it's a, Jeffrey Pierce is the guy in the game, and, um, Diego Luna is, is the actor in the show, and they just sound like the same dude, it's just, it's crazy, the same, like, way of speaking, the same, like, voice, it's just, it's eerie, almost.
1: Yeah, Pedro Pascal is also nailing Joel, like, voice-wise. He is,
0: yeah. Pedro Pascal's stocks have gone so high, yeah. like, lately, you know? Like, obviously, he was really... A, he was a fan favorite at Game of Thrones. I didn't even know he was uh, in, in, in Holly <laughs> Yeah, he was, yeah. I haven't seen He was it. in... He, he's in Hollywood movies, and now I... But I do think, like, this will be his big role. Like, I think, you know, when all is said and done, you know, like, this is gonna... Pedro Pascal as Joel is going to be, like likened to things like you know brian cranston uh playing walter white in breaking bad and stuff like that so i could
1: see that i think it's a bold i think it's i i don't think you're wrong on any level i just think it's a bold take to be like it is it is very there while something because like nobody while it was on was going to be able to tell what a cultural touchstone breaking bad was going to be i feel like that's true, you know, but like, I'm
0: basing, I'm basing that on, on the sort of like viewership information we have, Yeah. Right. A- and good. the, the, the trajectory from one to two, right? Like this is going viral, you know, no pun intended. Right. But like, it, it it's going to be big, you know, like people who don't play video games at all are watching this thing, which I guess was the intended effect of this show. Right. Like the show was made for two audiences, one who played the game and one who didn't right the people who didn't get to see like a really harrowing journey in a post-apocalyptic world people who play the game get to see that too but they get to see all the little nods to people who play the game yeah that you would only understand if you play the game like little things like uh tess asking joel to boost her up right like that didn't have to be in the show that was just a little nod to the video games because that happens a lot in the video games to the point where it's a little silly. It's cartoonish, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's a
1: trope. I uh, Do you mind if I uh, interject here to uh, drop a nice hot take that we can argue about for a minute? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I've gone out to see a lot of movies recently uh, in the past like six months. Uh, and I can confidently say that the best experiences are not in theaters and haven't been for a while now. The Last of Us is better than any movie I've seen in the past year, probably, maybe longer.
0: So by a lot, I would, I would agree with you that television as a whole, I think is better than movies as a whole now. You know, I don't know if that was always the case, but like you get way more invested with TV. It definitely didn't used to be the case. (laughs) I still will say I feel something special when I go see a movie in the theater. I just I, I
1: hate going to a
0: theater. I, I do, every now and then I do get like a terrible experience, right? Because like you know the person next to me is like really annoying or whatever. I but I by I, and large, I mean, and especially if you get like if you find like an empty theater all to yourself, that's just like I don't know. There's some there's something magical to me about that still. I.
1: I mean, I granted, I, I am a special case. I've spent a, a good bit of money on my home theater. But uh, everything from audio quality to visual quality to comfort of the chair to ability to pause when I need to go to the bathroom is better at home. There's zero benefit to me going to a theater. Every single aspect of it is worse, in my opinion.
0: I think, I mean, if I'm trying to look at what you're saying objectively, I think you're probably right. There's just that really strong nostalgia factor in me. And I think in a lot of people who so, are yeah, you know, fair going to the movies, which, you know, is not a good thing, right? Because for, for the longevity of theaters, right? Because no, like yeah. when, when, you know, the current ki- generation of kids grows up, I don't know if there will be movie theaters because like... Well, yeah,
1: that's the thing. You know. I, so I wouldn't have a problem with theaters if their current death groan wasn't so annoying to me because they are dying. They're not going to be around in 20 years. I, don't, I genuinely don't think. You can reasonably expect that. But their they're death groan right now as they're going is like, oh, we've got to make movies take longer to come to streaming or we've got to delay all the, the the release to DVD and Blu-ray because it's affecting box office sales. It's affecting box office sales because nobody wants to go to the theater. Like, figure out another profit model because this is insane. <laughs>
0: like, Almost ironically, though, like, much to the chagrin of like you know film auteurs or whatever, it's things like Marvel that are keeping the film industry alive. I know, or the yeah. cinema, the the cinema industry. That's alive, the only reason I'm going. Know, like
1: like I, that's not the only reason I've gone to uh, theaters for a few movies recently. But if I could just watch those movies at home, then I wouldn't be going to a theater and I would pay the same price happily. Like
0: that's not the problem. It's just and there's obviously movies that are like lightning in a bottle, like. Top Gun Maverick, you know, like, grossed over a billion dollars because it was just a freaking incredible movie that both, like, capitalized on the nostalgia of people who watched Top Gun 1, like, decades ago, yeah. as well as, like, just just putting, like, a modern flair on it for younger audiences. That movie was awesome, right? But, like, those are, like, few and far in between if you're not, like, a franchise like Marvel or something like that. I just,
1: I, I have such a problem with, like, the film auteurs you were talking about. Like, like, James Cameron put out, uh a statement recently that was like you know he was saying you have to watch avatar 2 in theaters I, yeah, it's the I, way I it needs stand, to be experienced i can't
0: stand james cameron and uh I, and
1: and yeah. then he says like i know you're sitting there and watching 8 hours of your series at home yeah when i'm at home i can take a break i can go cook lunch i can go i can go pee and he said well don't say you need to go pee just get up and go pee which means that he literally rather you miss like, a few minutes but, of his movie. Did
0: you hear what he said right after that, no. though? He said, go pee, because the second time you come watch my movie, you'll catch the scenes. I didn't know that he said <laughs> That's that. That's that got cut saying, from the yeah.
1: article. What a douchebag. Yeah. That's, I don't know. I'm not <laughs> going to go see that movie. Avatar 1 was boring. Bored me to tears, so.
0: I'm also not seeing Avatar. I might watch it once Water, it's on but,
1: streaming. But,
0: <laughs> but you know, like, you know, you know, regardless of us, you know, decide to see it or not, Avatar The Way of Water just is another one of those movies that's fighting against the death of the theater right this yeah. thing is gross like 2.5 billion dollars which is just wild to me like yeah. did they not obviously learn? avatar 1 was like this whole phenomenon right but like i think movies exist today that you know look as good as that right yeah. like i don't know what the whole deal is but whatever you know, obviously i'm in the min- minority there but yeah, yeah I, i'm, yeah, I'm I just mean, like, pretty anti i i know i, I there is like there it's tough for me right because like i really like leaning into being a 90s kid right like and in the 90s you went to the movie theater right like that's just what you did and uh i i love that right so even when i go today i still feel that magic but like like you said connor like the writing is on the wall i do see it coming and i don't like it but you know i've accepted it because like you know I have a pretty sick setup at home, too. You yeah, know, like as sick or more OLED than mine. TV. Probably more than mine. Your yeah, sound system's more, pretty dope. I think more than yours, yeah. yeah. Wait, you've never even been to my house, though. D- I think you had a sound Virginia. system
1: at your place in Morgantown, didn't you? It's uh, not the same. Oh, it's probably it's better upgraded, than... Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, your couch is almost certainly better than mine. My couch <laughs> sucks, but it's still better than the chairs at the theater in Morgantown. My couch
0: has got uh, outlets.
1: Oh. It depends on what theater you-, you go to. you USB ports. <laughs> The, neither of the theaters are better than my. So couch. I
0: will say, you know, like okay, so this is a this is a whole kind of tangent we've gone into, but like it also is a factor of where you live. You guys live in Morgantown, yeah. right? So you don't have really. We have an nice AMC theaters, theater right? that's got the reclining. Okay, seats. you do, and I, I'm familiar with yeah. it, right? But it's that not... is not. It's not comparable to the kinds of theaters you can find elsewhere. Like, so I live near DC now, right? So there are IMAX theaters all around me, and Dolby Vision theaters and stuff. And let me tell you even the night assist at home setup cannot compete with Dolby vision cinema. I believe I'm sorry. It can't like even like Dolby vision craps all over IMAX too. Like if I could see every single blockbuster movie in Dolby vision, that's how I would do it. Does your TV not do Dolby
1: vision?
0: It does. Right. But like those Dolby vision theaters, right? Not only do they have like OLED, like picture quality. Right. But they actually have Atmos speakers everywhere. Right. And a true Atmos speaker is installed it, it has height channels, right? Yeah. So it's installed into the speaker and fires down at you. And so the audio experience when you go into a Dolby Vision theater cannot be matched. Yeah. I guess And I, I, I will die on that. I, no, that I agree with you there. And
1: I don't think those theaters it, are necessarily yeah. going to go anywhere because people like those. Like, yeah, I, I, I saw, don't see why they I would saw, go away. I think the theaters that are going to go away are the ones in Morgantown where, like, they're yeah. not good nothing about them is they're, good they're, they're just good. Yeah, like kind of and, and the tickets cost like the same amount don't they like
0: how, how much a dolby vision movie i think is like 20 oh, okay dollars i was gonna say yeah.
1: it i see a movie for like 14 bucks here but
0: yeah still but like i mean you are getting quality for paying higher like you uh, s- certainly are right yeah. like i saw dune in dolby vision and let me tell you that movie annihilated my senses in the best possible way Right, like that blaring soundtrack and the gorgeous. I know you hate sand, Connor. So maybe this is no. I to want to me, see too, but like,
1: but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do. I do have a problem with deserts. <laughs> well, have fun with Dune. Yeah. Well, I'll watch it at home where I can take a break.
0: Yeah. God, even the desert level uncharted wore me out. I really liked the desert level, man. I it was, it was I, good, mean, but it
1: I was very exhausted by the end of it. I mean, it it, so it has the best opening set piece of any anything in my opinion
0: so actually this leads back in a way to the last of us right so neil Druckmann, i find neil Druckmann very interesting right so i i try to listen to all his interviews i really like the way he thinks you know like i just enjoy listening to the man right and he said in an interview right because he's very he like like any creator, you know, well, not like any creator, but like he's the kind of creator who's full of self-doubt and always questioning everything he does, right? He's not James Cameron where he's just like, I've got the best thing in the world and you're all gonna come see it, right? Yeah. So Neil Druckmann, he said only twice in his life he felt that they had something incredibly special on their hands, right? Out of the things he's made. One was Uncharted 2 and the other was the HBO Last of Us show. So... I think it it does speak volumes for him to feel that way about this show. He didn't right? feel that like, way about The
1: Last of Us game. That's, like,
0: insane. I mean, obviously, he he poured everything he had into that game, and he was super proud of it. But, like, I guess I should clarify, like, it's this is in the context of, like, being a hit worldwide, yeah. right? So, like, he was just, like, when they finished Uncharted 2, he knew, like, this was going to be massive. Like, people are going to, like, play this and be like, oh, my God. Like, what? is this right and he feels that way about what they've done with the hbo show as well so and uh if the first two episodes are anything to go by right like i don't blame him right like this thing is catching fire yeah i'm excited for episode three i'm excited for the episodes after that i'm excited for part two i'm ready for the entire internet to be angry again when part two releases which uh Yeah, we won't go into spoilers for that here because I know, Connor, you haven't played it. And you should play it when it comes to PC.
1: Yeah, I will. I will definitely. I don't know. After, honestly, this show is like almost tempting me to buy The Last of Us remake, but I just don't. I don't think i'm gonna like it as much as this is sony's
0: master plan right like this is why they made the last of us remake yeah for this exact reason because for every one of you connor there's another person who gave into the temptation and they and they put well like
1: anybody who didn't have a ps3 at the time you should like it's worth playing i would never tell someone that they shouldn't play and enjoy the last of us that game is good it's just not buy it a second time good for me
0: yeah, I mean, like maybe if it's like on a Steam sale, I would recommend yeah. checking out the. It was like seventy dollars. So. I think I think it's out on PC it is. now, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, PC, PC. That game's really gonna shine on PC because, like, even on PS5, right? Like, you've got fourteen forty P sixty frames per second, which is nah, but great. 4K, don't me wrong, is but like look... with your graphics card, yeah. right? Like, you're just going to that game's gonna. That's gonna probably be the best looking game you ever played. <laughs> like, <laughs> quite frankly, already, you know, like so yeah um
1: yeah i'll be honest i have yeah. not i i have the graphics card i actually the the biggest graphically intensive game I've been playing is probably dust stranding, which frankly is not that like it's nothing um it's nothing insane compared to modern day stuff.
0: Yeah, and I I don't know. Like, it depends on what you're looking for in graphics, too, because, like, The Last of Us doesn't adopt technologies like ray tracing yeah. or anything like that. I, but, like, what The Last of it. Us... It's so stylistically yeah, good. What The Last of Us games do is just cram so much detail into all of its assets, yeah. you know, like... And that would visually pop off, you know, with your graphics card. Yeah. So, it's not all about ray tracing, folks. No, I
1: mean, my graphic card isn't that good at ray tracing. It's a, it's an AMD, so it's not as good as... Right, the, Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: But, you know, honestly, you know, another hot take, I kind of feel like ray tracing is a bit overrated. Like, give me frame rate over ray tracing. If you can get
1: ray tracing and over 60 FPS in a non-competitive game, I'm probably going to turn it on. Otherwise, no, it's it's the first to go, because it doubles your frame rate to turn it off, and high frame rate just looks so good.
0: Like, you know, from a, like a... A PS5 sort of anecdote, right? Like all sorts of games, exclusive, Sony exclusives come out with like ray tracing, 40 frames per second options. I don't even consider that for a second, right? Yeah. Like the 60 FPS feels way more next gen to me than like really nice reflections. The, I'm sorry. The
1: hardware's but, the hardware, and I, and on some level, the software. But uh, that's kind of a consequence of the hardware. But even like the 4090, like it's it's still really not there for ray tracing. Like there's a tech demo out Portal RTX which shows like what ray tracing could eventually become. It looks become. incredible. It looks yeah. incredible. But it's still not really there yet and so like stuff isn't really being designed around it yet and so like the implementations of RTX we're getting are kind of like a supplement that's kind of nice but we we've gotten so good at just faking all of that stuff with rasterization, traditional rasterization that like I think there was an El- Alanis Tech Tips video where they, like, had their graphics guys come in and, like, try to tell whether or not ray tracing was even turned on in some of the bigger games at the time. And granted, this was a year or two ago. But only one of them could even tell. And he was, like, comparing pixels. Like, yeah, it's... it's the traditional techniques I mean, are so good. I do think ray tracing will be the future at some point. Um, not only because it looks good, but because... Uh, those those like workarounds and stuff take time to develop and things that ray tracing can help you avoid. But I yeah I I don't know I have it on in Fortnite. <laughs> that's about <laughs> it though. Right, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean yeah, frame rate over ray tracing yeah. any day for me.
1: I have it on in Fortnite because I can still get like ninety FPS and like
0: man that's that's tasty. Yeah that's with uh i mean that that's the dream right but like you don't get the dream unless you have like a forty (laughs) ninety. yeah so yep (sighs) all right so any thoughts on final thoughts on the last of us before we get into what we're playing it's good it's very good it's very good it's uh and i mean like i probably don't even need to be telling you this right like by the time this comes out the show has gone viral, right? Even if you haven't played the games, you've heard of the show, right? Like, And if you avoided the games for any reason, I would still recommend give the HBO show a shot, right? Like, this thing is, I, I hate to use the word because it sounds so pretentious, but this really is like prestige TV. Like, they really nailed it. It's so, quite good, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, because Michael hasn't said a word this episode, <laughs> why don't you start us off, Mike, with oh, what you've been playing? Boy, I can't wait to What, what have you been everybody. playing during this episode? <laughs> I've been playing Dwarf Fortress <laughs> this entire episode, but uh, I really haven't played any games that I haven't already talked about in a while.
1: Yeah, wow. I've actually had a pretty... I've, I've been in a bit of a drought, too. We're in, we're in kind of a... A space between big releases. Like, there was that Fire Emblem game. I was actually, until you messaged me about that Fire Emblem game, I was about to buy it.
0: So, okay, so, (laughs) all right, I guess we're doing this. Okay, so, (laughs) apparently, in the new Fire Emblem, Fire Emblem Engage, you know how, like, Fire Emblem games have, like, romance elements, right? Like, social elements. I do. Apparently, in this game, you can date an 11-year-old. Which, uh, what are you doing, Japan?
1: I was like on the cusp of like, you know what? Maybe I'll get, you know, this is like a quieter release. Okay, so maybe I'll give Fire Emblem a try.
0: One comment I have on that. In the English release of the game, they changed that dialogue completely as to hide it. Okay. Right? So, like... But did they age her the, up the or did they remove Jap- the- No. No, they just changed the dialogue. So, like, in, in the Japanese or whatever word saying, like, oh, like, I'm young, but date me anyway, or some cringy thing like that. It's just, like, completely different. Like, didn't they didn't even translate it. They just made something up okay. and put it there. That's for the best. So, the English loca- localization sort of hid that from the masses, right? Yeah. Which, good on them, right? Like, that's just, I don't know why that even, I don't know why that's in the game, man. Like, that's just so weird. Yep. But um, so if you were considering purchasing the game, know that you know if you play it in English, right, and you know even if you play it in Japanese with English subtitles, right, like unless you understand Japanese, you're not going to be like getting that content. <laughs> so
1: is that is that the game you've been playing, Amit, or do you have another one?
0: No, 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 I haven't. I haven't played Fire Emblem. Oh, I, thought, yeah, I don't think okay, I because
1: you're a big Fire Emblem guy. I, I thought you'd have played it.
0: So, you call me a big Fire Emblem guy, but the only game in the series I've played is Three Houses. Oh, but like, you really
1: liked it, and you told me I needed to play. I really, it. You told I, me I really
0: liked Three Houses. So, actually, so, um, Three Houses, what it did was it, like, personified
1: yeah and uh, i hear this one doesn't like, i hear three and, houses and has a this lot more social leans, stuff yeah. than the new one yeah F-
0: three houses lean more into the social aspect whereas engage leans more into the combat and the mechanics which by the way fire emblem combat is very very good the the stri- strategic combat but you know like the the social elements are what really won me over in fire emblem uh three houses so i was disappointed to see that i don't think i'll play engage you know like i'm I know for some reason you think I'm a huge Fire Emblem fan, but I've only played like one of the games. I think I'm you know? calling
1: you that just because so. you defended the Fire Emblem inclusions. I did. In I Ultimate, Fire em- And I think they're indefensible. Uh, no,
0: no, 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 I didn't defend the Fire Emblem inclusions, right? I defended Fire Emblem itself. Okay. Right? I did not, I do not think, you know, 20 Fire Emblem characters need to be in that game. I
1: think I, I think I'm just, I, because of those inclusions, attacked Fire Emblem itself. Yes. And so I think I'm conflating defend- my, my loathing of the core product. Uh, as a result of something totally unrelated, with you defending something totally unrelated because you like the core product, and that's on me. Indeed.
0: So neither of you have games, huh? No, I have a game. Okay.
1: I uh, Come well, on. I've been actually getting more into development and stuff recently, but as a result of that, I've gone back to one of the communities I really like, uh, the Pico Eight, and I wanted to give them a shout out, uh. The Pico 8, I'm actually going to bring up the spec sheet here so I don't butcher it, but the Pico 8 is what's called a fantasy console. So it's, it is it is a lot like a console that would have come out in the 80s, and there is an emulator for it, except there's no actual console. The console never existed. So here, here are the specs here. You have a 128 by 128 16-color display, 32 kilobyte cartridges, four sound channels, uh, you code in Lua. Uh, I there's a CPU spec here, but I don't know what it means. You can have 256 eight by eight pixel sprites and 128 by 32 tiles of a tile map. And so uh,
0: if we're if we're like trying to have like an analog to a real world system, what is this like kind of like NES level? Eh, probably closer to Game Boy Color. But yeah, okay. NES. It's
1: lower resolution than the NES. The NES is I think 240p uh which is you know at least one one side of the NES is 240 pixels i don't you know i don't know the actual exact resolution whereas this is 128 by 128 square so this is lower resolution than an nes and uh the cool okay. thing about a pico 8 is that the cartridges can be saved into a png file and it looks really? like a cartridge like it just looks like a little like you have a screenshot on the front of it it looks like a little cartridge but you can actually load that PNG where it's so small, the games are only 32 kilobytes. You can load that PNG into a Pico 8 and you can play the game. And also the That's so vast cool. majority of these games are free. There are a few paid games, but there's something called the Cartverse, which is like, I I don't actually know how, I think you only have to pay for Pico 8 if you want to develop on it. I'm not really sure. You can get a, P- the Pico 8 emulator is $15. It's $14.99. I think it goes on sale sometimes. And you can type in the word splore into the console on it. And it brings up the current top games. You can look at new games. You can look at the most recent Pico 08 jam games. You can look at work in progress games. And the other cool thing is that anytime while you're playing a game, you can actually look at the code. Like you can look at the cartridge. Oh, no way. Yeah. And you can go in and make changes. Yeah. So what a wild every idea. game on it is essentially open source.
0: That's so cool. Yeah,
1: so it's a very fun. It's uh there's an educational edition of the Pico 8 out which just makes sense. It's a very cool It's a cool educational uh thing. I don't know, like a lot of people use this to learn game development and I don't know if that really makes sense because I it is like it has like kind of arbitrary challenges that I don't know if I would put on a new game developer. But some of those challenges in my opinion actually make it easier. Like I find lower resolution pixel art easier to do. And I also like you're not gonna get stunlocked by color choice because you only have sixteen colors to begin with. There's a simplicity to it that is nice. Uh
0: yeah, and the, and there is something to be said about like constraints in yeah. inspired. Oh yeah. Creativity. Yeah, that's one
1: of the nice things about Pico 8, is like because of its 16 color color and those are those are 16 fixed colors. You don't get to choose those colors. And as a result of that, you can tell a Pico 8 game just by looking at it because of the the resolution and the color palette restrictions it's pretty cool people have made some incredible stuff on it there's um you can do 3d on it people have made doom clones and stuff um but it's largely you know games that look like they're from the 80s
0: it's very cool i was gonna say would it would it even be a console if it didn't have a doom exactly
1: it's called poom if anybody wants to look it up and all the games like i don't think you can access splore but you can access the pico 8 forums i think and like actually look around and play these games there's a lot of them on itch.io and stuff that you can run pico8 in the browser as well which is neat
0: yeah that makes sense i mean it's so lightweight it's so lightweight yeah and it's
1: um there's there's also like a challenge uh people do what's called a tweet cart which is trying to uh put an entire pico8 cartridge into a tweet 280 characters without uh without an image and you would just copy paste the tweet into your pico8 and see what happens it's usually not a game it's usually just like a visual experience an audiovisual experience but it's still neat i really like it a- and uh the, the game i wanted to shout out from the pico 8 is oh crap i just had it up i think it's called freezing nights yeah freezing nights uh and it's a uh, a little rpg that plays like um um mario and luigi games the the game boy rpgs like you uh oh. it's a turn-based rpg but you actually like jump and dodge attacks and stuff
0: that's awesome yeah man.
1: it's super fun and that's the kind of stuff you're gonna find and, and that's like another thing i like about it i put it on my steam deck the other day and uh, a lot of the games you can play start to finish in less than 10 minutes because they have to be so small 10 or 20 minutes and i think that's really neat i uh highly recommend the pico 8. i
0: wonder how they like managed a 10 to 20 minute rpg you know that genre in particulars. Traditionally uh, the Freezing Nights long. is
1: not ten to twenty minutes. Freezing Nights is actually fairly long. It's uh okay. you can do what's called a multi-cart game, which is at the end of your cartridge, you have a command to load a new cartridge, and you can you can make a game pretty long that way. The problem is every at least every individual scene is going to have to fit in a cartridge, I believe. I don't think you can like stream a game that way to totally get around with the limitations. But I think uh Freezing Nights, every single battle is its own cartridge, I'm pretty sure. Wow. Yeah. So it has. It is very high detail and stuff.
0: Literally, uh, duct taping multiple you Game Boys know. together.
1: Poom is also the the Doom clone is many cartridges. Yeah, as you you know can imagine.
0: That's really cool. I'll have to check this out. This. Yeah, I'm
1: I'm shocked this. you didn't hear about it when we were in the Game Developers Club. I I thought I did a meeting on it, but it might it might have
0: man yeah my memory isn't what it used to be man yeah but it's
1: extremely cool i the pico 8 is just very fun i oh and if you bought the uh i believe it was in the itch.io racial justice bundle so if you bought that you probably already have pico 8 i think i could be wrong about that
0: all right uh got anything else
1: uh nope that's all i've just kind of been doing development other than that which is nice it is you know i'm I'm not ready to talk about what i'm making yet but it is nice to like feel that drive again i haven't in a couple of years
0: yeah no that's really cool and we'll have to do an episode on your game when it's nearing completion and or finish <laughs> might
1: not wait till completion might wait till i have a prototype out because I might, I might actually release a prototype on this one
0: but yeah i'll, I'll pass on okay um I originally wasn't going to do anything but due to the lack of games in this section I guess I can talk about One Piece Odyssey. Oh, you played it? So, I did play it and I am enjoying it, but it is not a great game. Okay. That's right? what that was so, what was making
1: me really I saw a ton of people that were huge One Piece fans saying that it it's Dragon Quest 11 but One Piece and I was like, "Yes." But is it so, cuz Dragon Quest 11 so, was
0: really good. <laughs> here's the thing. I Actually, have not played a Dragon Quest game. I've heard a lot about Dragon Quest, so I imagine that this is what it's like, right? it To, to but, me, the
1: gameplay looked like very similar to Dragon Quest eleven, but not the little stuff wasn't quite there enough to make me think I would enjoy
0: it. But here's here's the best way I could put it, right? Like I'm enjoying this game because I love One Piece. Like if this yeah. game was not One Piece, I don't think I would play. See, that's it, right. Yeah.
1: Well, then uh, part of me only enjoyed Dragon Quest because it's Toriyama, so. Yeah. So it's basically Dragon Ball. Like,
0: it's it's I, I mean I guess I can talk the one PC elements are all there and probably the strongest they've ever been in a video game, right? They've got all the the crew voiced, really? right? Like and and yeah, everyone's talking in Japanese, right? Um so it it's only Japanese. You can only play it with Japanese yeah. with English subtitles. But you know they got all the actors on the show to play their voices and this is a long rpg right like we're talking like dozens of hours i've heard you right? spend
1: almost eight hours in alabasta alone which is another oh my god I, i'm
0: still in Alabasta. i didn't buy it
1: because i didn't think i could handle eight hours of desert
0: <laughs> yeah so um <laughs> as we've but, but but you know like talking about the pros right so you got the iconic one piece voice actors and th- what what's wonderful about the game is that like Odo was definitely involved to in some capacity because the Straw Hat banter is there. Yeah, they're all like talking to each other and bouncing off each other, and that's just a wonderful thing to see. You know, like whether it be in like manga or anime or games, just seeing the Straw Hats exist makes me happy, right? And another thing I get, I gotta praise is the attacks, right? Like there's kind of like a rock paper scissors damage system where like strength type characters beat technique type characters beat range type characters what do they beat call strength Zoro? characters. Zoro is a technique type. So I don't know if I agree with that. It, it, okay, so <laughs> let's so okay. First major mission and I guess spoilers for One Piece or whatever, but Jimbei is not on the crew in this game, which is a tragedy. It
1: t- well it takes place um I believe it takes place
0: It takes place vaguely like It's between
1: Dressrosa af- and Full yeah. Island, so Jimbei wouldn't be yeah. there yet. Yeah.
0: So, I guess we can go through the, the types. Yeah, so Luffy Luffy, Chopper, and Sanji are strength types. Zoro, Robin, and Brook are technique types. And then Usopp, Nami, and Frankie are range types.
1: Nami is a range uh,
0: type and not a technique type. Interesting. Does Nami have Zeus? uh, Not yet. She might get him later. Uh, Yeah, I guess she wouldn't have. No, she can't
1: because it takes place before Whole Cake Island.
0: One thing that happens, right? So in the game, right? Like... You could tell that there was some level of effort put into, like, what, does this make sense, right? Because, yeah. like, the Straw Hats at this point in the story would have been able to steamroll anything on this island. You know, like, oh, no, a giant crab, like, who yeah. cares, right? Like They
1: forgot their techniques, yeah. I, I but what that. happens yeah. is,
0: like, they lose their powers, basically. And they have to, like, start back from scratch, right? So, like, at my point in the game, like, Luffy only has, like, three or four attacks, can't use the gears or anything because I'm still in Alabasta. Which, you know... It it makes it makes sense, right? Like when you're fighting like bandits or whatever and have to like exert any modicum of effort to defeat them. But that's another thing I will say, you know, for the first several hours the game was way too easy. It's the like, whole game.
1: It never gets hard, from what I've heard.
0: It 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 there is a little difficulty spiking Alabasta, but it's yeah. like nothing really, right? Like it's still like like it went from like literally you could be asleep playing this game to Maybe you all have to heal occasionally. <laughs> that's that's the level of difficulty spike I'm thinking of, right? And like, at first, I thought that was like, okay, I th- I think Dragon Quest games are like that too. So, like, maybe, like, that's just the sort of vibe, right? Like, just a sort of chill RPG. They're not, But it's really. just like, it's just like too much in this game.
1: Yeah. Dragon Quest within the first, like, four hours, I think I was dying a few times. The Dragon Quest, okay, not granted, yeah, I'm not yeah. that that's great.
0: Not, but... That's not going to happen in this game, like, yeah. at all right like and i do hear there's like a couple difficulty spikes later on so i hope like it actually gets a little harder can, right uh, can i spoil one thing that's not in
1: the game that kind of makes me sad sure no skypea
0: yeah i think yeah so i think
1: that's a glaring so the way it works, for me
0: right so let me let me just break it down right so the straw hats arrive on this island called called wafford and it actually has like skypean influences on it Uh-oh. like one of the like which is which is baffling to me, right? Like there there is no Skypea. Because mm-hmm. they like literally talk about Skypea, like when they get there. Really? Um yeah, they do. That's annoying to me. Um But you explore this island, right? You're trying to get your powers back and stuff, and you you have this girl who could basically have you like plunge into your memories to get some of your powers back. So the game is interspersed, right, between like the Wofford, like the island exploration sections, and the memories, which are like arcs from the series right so obviously alabasta is the first one so i'm not too far into the game but my god like so much backtracking in alabasta so much like running around doing nonsense it's just like let's get to the exciting parts here because like alabasta as a story is wonderful like i love the whole like rebellion and all that defeating crocodile i haven't seen any of that yet it's just like running around doing meaning meaningless i hear there's a lot of running back and forth too yeah yeah so that's not really fun but like i i feel like if they condensed this game a lot it would be a lot better yeah right but like i said you know like the actual exploration the rpg elements not that great but you get fast virtue travel of at it some being, point yeah and i i can tell like there's like signs or whatever that the characters can't use yet for fast travel but like the virtues of the game come from being one piece right like it's cool like using luffy's powers to like stretch and like go get something right or like swing through the air like snap to like a cliff edge right it's cool using and 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 they do little things like with each of the straw hats in the world that is that are unique to them like there are certain areas only chopper can enter because he's so little right and Sanji can detect like ingredients around and you can use those ingredients to cook food, which if the game was difficult, that would be important, right? Usopp can like shoot things down like uh, and you can collect them like for like crafting things and you can craft Usopp can craft things for you. And uh, Nami can detect money in the overworld and and, like little things like that, you know, like makes it unique playing as each straw hat. And uh, and th- who knows, there might be even more of that stuff, because I'm still, like, relatively early on in the game. Oh, yeah, what else? The-, the combat, right? So you have all Straw Hats with you at all times, but only four can enter combat at a time, right? So there are good ideas in the combat system, right? Because, like, like, I mentioned that Rock, Paper, Scissors-style like weakness system, but there's also this concept of, like, zones, right? So, like, when you start combat, like, Luffy and two enemies can be here, And then like Zoro and Chopper and like an enemy could be in another section and Robin and like another enemy could be another section, for example, right? And where your characters are positioned actually affects like who you can fight and stuff, right? Because like some of your attacks are range only. Some of them are short range only. Some of them are short and long range. So you have to sometimes do a bit of like position switching to, to get the optimal effect to be able to attack who you want with the character you want to attack them with. So that that's all really cool, but like it's all kind of just blown away by how easy the game is. Like, the, there is like meaningful strategic choices to be made here, but like none of them actually matter, which sucks. You know, like if the game if they made the game more difficult, like the combat would shine more. But unfortunately, it doesn't really do that. Yeah. Um. So for me, like. I think I'm going to keep playing it for now, at least, just like to get, you know, doses of One Piece. But like, it's not a game that I'm like itching to complete or anything. And that's a shame, right? Because like, it looked pretty promising to me, just like from the outside looking in before the game came out. I'm glad you bought it and not me, because I was like,
1: I had my finger on the trigger a few times and I I just decided I don't have time for a big RPG right now. But
0: I think I would give it like uh, if we're using the full scale here, right? I think I would give it like a six out of 10. That's elevated to it. Oh. To a seven okay. for one piece, yeah, right. But like, obviously, like I don't know, like there could be moments where it gets better in the game. Could be moments where it gets worse. But that's kind of where it is right now. Like, and granted, you know, I'm only in Alabasta, and I think they do like Alabasta, Water Seven, uh, Marine. Yeah, Marine Ford, Ford and, is in there. Yeah, and Dressrosa. And I so, uh, it,
1: Water Seven uh, has to include an East Lobby, right? Like,
0: yeah, no, certainly. Yeah, yeah, that's like the whole point. And then Dressrosa, <laughs> so, yeah. Which, <sighs> Although I will say, I will say, like Alabasta, I guess environment-wise is a little boring to explore. Like especially because like Cause the, the towns like Alubarna and stuff were fun actually to explore because like the the architecture is all there and there's actually people like walking around and stuff and that's neat to see, right? Water Seven is probably going to be stunning. Water right? Seven's going like to be ima- insane. Yeah. Uh, imagine exploring Water Seven. That's that's going to be phenomenal, right? Like so. A marine forge much- will also be like
1: nuts. I mean, I don't, I, from what I've heard, you don't get to do a lot of exploring, which makes sense. I think it's just like a a series of boss battles. like a
0: war. So, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. But visually spectacular. It's actually like difficult. So, and like, it's, there's no denying that the production values are are actually quite high in this game, which is surprising. You know, like the characters look really good and like the animations are very good. That's the most surprising part. Like the animations are quite solid in this game. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It looked good from the videos I watched uses his attacks and stuff it looks just like the manga it looks just like the show so i don't know really kind of mixed bag i kind of wish it was better but it's not like bad enough to completely completely put me off so i guess it's doing something right yeah but are you gonna finish it
1: with like some of the I don't games know, that man. are coming up in the next few yeah, months
0: I, I i don't know if i'm gonna yeah so like man i guess we could briefly just mention right like You know the Dead Space remake comes out soon, and I've never actually played Dead Space, so I'm probably gonna be all over that.
1: Crazy year for space games, dude. Kerbal Space uh, Program Two, Kerbal Space Program Two comes out next. uh, Um, I think a month from today, I think.
0: PSVR Two releases in less than a month. Oh my gosh! Right? Yeah, that's gonna be huge for me. I'm I'm definitely gonna talk all about that after I get it and like. I did read that that's Lose almost certainly
1: not going to be cracked for PC, though. The guy who cracked a PSVR yeah, 1 said it's probably I did see not going to happen. And that sucks. That's unfortunate. Because it, it is kind of a ball-in headset, and I'm not going to be able to use it. I don't I don't know what the... Con- yeah. Because uh, Windows Mixed Reality is gone. That's what I have. And I don't even know that my headset's days are numbered at this point, firmware-wise. Yeah, I
0: mean, I think we can talk about that in our sort of, like, uh, the state of, like, 2023 gaming episode yeah. but like i was shocked to see that news like microsoft totally nixed all efforts i was shocked to see the whole go. And mixed reality Windows so mixed reality has yeah.
1: not gotten any love in like
0: five years so that's not but you know that's just like a like nope we do not believe in the future of this thing yeah. we are going to focus elsewhere which is uh not what sony is doing nope. so we'll see well, they never were right. they
1: never did focus in their gaming division like yeah so I don't know well yeah we'll get into that another time you're right
0: but yeah I mean I think that's it for me and that is going to be it for us thank you Connor and Mike yeah see you guys next week see you next week bye